This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make low-maintenance bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we had nobody coming into the showroom. So we started doing virtual visits via Microsoft Teams. We're able to see two or threefold the amount of customers we used to be able to see. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. I really think it's going to set a standard for retail moving forward. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. Welcome to the East Coast Offense Podcast. This is Chris Liss, your host. This podcast is sponsored by FanDuel. You can go to FanDuel.com, click on the mic in the upper right-hand corner, use my code RWPOD, sign up now. Special offer for new users, get a free six-month RotoWire subscription with a $25 deposit. You must sign up with my promo code RWPOD. That's more than $60 in value for just $25. Don't forget to use my code RWPOD. FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Sign up today. It's Chris Liss, host of the East Coast Offense Podcast. And as usual, I am joined by Dalton Del Don of Yahoo Sports. Well, first off, you know, after last week, I got raked over the coals with my trade in the Stopa Law Firm League. Uh, $11,000 on the line. And um, I happened to play you unbeknownst to me at the time. I didn't even realize that I was facing you in week two and that would have just been fitting if Spencer Ware went off um, and I was just basically, uh, you know, relegated to that fact happening for certain. But it turns out I beat you by 55 points. And that's with Antonio Brown having one of his worst fantasy games ever and Odell Beckham Jr. not doing much at home against the Saints. Yet I still routed you. So what do you have to say for yourself? Well, I had Danny Woodhead who got hurt, you know, in the first quarter. He would have gone crazy in that game. But obviously that just took a guy out completely. Then I had Jameis Winston, who got destroyed uh, in Arizona, had a terrible game. Then I had uh, Allen Robinson totally shut down by Jason Verrett of the Chargers. And I had two of my Colts receivers, one of whom Moncrief got hurt, and T.Y. Hilton going at Denver. So that was a terrible matchup for them. Uh, and then I had, what else? I mean, it was just everybody had a horrible matchup or got totally shut down. So you just caught me at a very lucky week. I don't think your team is good. And I think it was just uh, just good fortune for you. It was a beautiful thing. I mean, that's with Devontae Freeman not even doing much for me either. But um, that's what happens when you're, uh, you're deep as me. I made another trade, for those who care, real quick. I traded Tony Romo and uh, Deshaun Jackson for Carson Wentz and Will Fuller because I once again you know, needed that quarterback. As people who followed this, losing RG3, losing Romo, it's a two QB league effectively. So Andy Barons came to me with that offer, and um, yeah, I kind of like Fuller, and I think he's getting the best player in the deal, and he was obviously had a quarterback to spare, but I think Wentz looks pretty good, and I needed a QB, so uh, I pulled the trigger. So people always give me a hard time in the past for not doing a lot of trading, but I've been wheeling and dealing so far this year. Yeah, desperation really uh, causes people to do <laughs> right. stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I like the trade for you. I mean, I, I think 
Romo's not worth waiting for. I would drop him if I had him because, you know, if the Cowboys get off to a great start, there's going to be some talk of why don't you just keep Prescott in the job. Two, Romo may get hurt again because he's so fragile. Three, you're going to have bye weeks. It's going to be very hard to, as I said, keep a carcass on your bench. On the XM shot, compared it to having a, you know, with a league like this with short benches, living in like a 1,000-square-foot, two-bedroom house, and you've got to keep a corpse in one of the bedrooms the entire time. So now you're ho- you have very little – you're very restricted. You have very little room to actually use in the house. And as you get bye weeks, you're going to be sharing a bed with, you know, a lot of different people. I don't know. Maybe I'm taking the metaphor too far. Yeah, well, Andy's probably likes where he's sitting right now and is thinking of the, you know, the second half of the year and maybe the playoffs and Romo could be an upgrade there. So I see why he did it, um, and, I, and I certainly can explain why I did it. But um, we'll see if the rookies, I traded for two rookies coming off big week ones. So that's definitely buying high. But Wentz looked good Monday night, even if the, the fantasy numbers weren't there. And Fuller, man, if he doesn't bobble that, it's another long touchdown. I love the looks he's getting. I mean, he looks exciting, even with the shaky hands. I'm, I'm excited about Fuller. So we'll see. Um, but, um, yeah, so definitely into this Stopa League. You guys have me sufficiently motivated. And uh, my team really, you know, backs against the wall, came through. And I'm glad to 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 give you your first loss. You know, I'm in 14 leagues this season, and um, I'm not 0-2 in any of them. I'm not saying I'm 2-0 and in a lot of them, but I, I just thought of that. And I thought that's actually kind of an anomaly, you know, in 14 leagues to not to not be 0-2. At least that's a, at least a decent start. Yeah, good for you. You're you're a one and one type of guy. I actually had, right. I, I yeah. actually had a terrible week last week. I had a great week one, terrible week two, and you know it's just football is just such a. It used to be that baseball was like this that you had to just keep grinding it out. And football, you had a bad draft and you were just kind of toast. You know, okay, I'm done. I had a bad week. It's not. This is my year. But it's so ridiculous with all these injuries in football. By week six, nobody's going to have a roster that even resembles what they drafted. It's all about the hustle in football. I mean, it's just all about staying on it. I I can't believe 2016 is so different than 2004 or 2000 fantasy football. It's just a whole different world where you just, you got to stick to the waiver wire every week. And it's just such a big deal who you get. I just, I just dropped Arian Foster in the Stopa league to pick up uh, Kenyon Drake because I don't want to wait for Foster. That dude crapped out during the best matchup of the year that he would ever have, which is this week. He's doubtful. Maybe he'll miraculously turn it around. I'll regret it for this week. But if he doesn't play this week, then he plays the Bengals next week. I'm not going to be excited to start him. There's just really no point. And what's the upside on that team being 30 and having all those injuries? It just seemed like, what am I waiting for? You, you bring up a really good point as far as just the carnage and uh, how, how things can change so quickly, too. You, you got Arian Foster in early July for a buck or two, and then he signs with Miami, and all, all the reports are positive. He's going to be their lead back. So you look like you had a terrific profit there. And then, oh, wait, part of the reason you know people are down on Foster isn't just he was unsigned, is that he's one of the most injury-prone players in the league. And one week later, he's already hurt, and it happened early in the game. And you're just dropping him. And, and I had Jay Ajayi stash in a lot of my teams, and I – Dumped him for like Jalen Richard, I believe is pronounced on the Raiders. And and then one week later, the, the Dolphins running back situation opens up for him. Although I do think that's going to be a committee bringing this all around. So it was a kind of a crazy fab week in fantasy football. Do you, what are your thoughts on, you know, the Minnesota situation, the Carolina situation, Dwayne Washington, and uh, specifically, which I'll get to in a minute. Uh, what are your thoughts on Jordan Howard and the Chicago situation? I, mean, I don't really have a lot of thoughts on a lot of these situations that everybody's not saying already. It's just like this is the kind of shit that like every single podcast and radio show and website 
has the same fucking thing. It's like, sure. This guy got hurt. These are the two <laughs> guys are going to play. This guy's better in PPR. This guy will get this role. This guy will have that role. Like the information's out there, right? So I'm not even going to opine on that except to say I don't care about Carolina. I just I don't see any reason people own Jonathan Stewart before he was hurt. I don't see any reason to own his backups. I mean, I actually did pick up Cameron Artis Payne in the Stopa League just because I'm desperate and you know may want to get five points out of that slot. But in most leagues, it's just not – there's no upside. I mean, there's just none. So I don't see it. Obviously, McKinnon could be Jamal Charles if everything breaks his way. Peak Jamal Charles, that's his sort of skill set. But that's obviously the you know, 99th percentile version of him. Being fast and shifty and able to catch passes doesn't make you one of the great, you know, basically a Hall of Fame running back. So we'll see. But that's sort of what the, the hope would be. But pretty much, like, all this shit, I'm not trying to be a dick, you know, but it's just like all this shit is just. No, I understand. It's no, I totally. Like, you know, I mean, it's, it's every podcast, you know, and, and like. I no, no, I, t- I totally get what you're saying. I, I have Jerick McKinnon stashed in a bunch of leagues, and I and I worry that it's just going to be more Matt Asiata in my life than I than I hoped for, and, and it'll just all turn into being just a bunch of timeshares. But I brought up Jordan Howard is because I, I grabbed him in our League of Leagues, in which we we are two and zero. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you oh, I checked. I didn't even it. know. I did not even know. Yeah. We are two and zero. Oh, we're doing in baseball. We're going to make it to like seventh. But cousin Sal and Jonah Carey are both two and zero oh as well both, in football. What are, how are do we do in baseball? How are we doing? We're not going to move up one spot in baseball. Like I worried when you made those deals six weeks ago, we were locked in that spot, and we are just remain stagnant there. And wait, are we eighth or ninth? Um, I'll I'll look one second. But what would have been nice is keeping Legarrette Blunt because we're going to lose D'Angelo Williams. You raised the money. You you started like I I mean Dave Danek had zero leverage. I raised the money, but you were the guy that included Legarrette Blunt, and this is a non PPR league, and he's just—he's actually really valuable. But um, uh, so we have Ty Hilton, but I and I and I in the supplemental draft, I got us Philip Dorsett, so that could be pretty good, you know, without uh, yeah, without grief. So uh, my 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 quick question to you is a starting question for you. So I, who would you start in our flex this week? Mohamed Sanu against the Saints. Um, I, I stashed Jordan Howard. I actually like him, and I think Langford's a total bum. But that's uh, for later. Or Kristen Michael, or I guess we could bench Gurley. Kristen Michael. Michael over Sanu. Okay. All right. And, and keep yeah. Gurley going, right? Of course. Gurley's okay. auto play. All right. All right. Only reason I bring up Sanu, obviously, is because it's against the Saints. But um, okay. All right. Done and done. Yeah. I mean, for PPR, I would go Sanu. But I think in non-PPR, you take the nine and a half point start favorite starting running back, right? Right. All right. Ninth place in baseball. But Jonah is at least an eighth. So he only, you know, he oh, might good. only gain oh, a point or two. But God. but the problem is Cousin Sal's in second. So yeah. he's going to be the favorite after this. But we, I love our basketball team. It's it's absolutely loaded. And we um we need to just kind of get lucky again in the fantasy playoffs, assuming we make it there for football. Yeah, that D'Angelo Williams trade I pulled off is pretty good, though. Right. That thing, Jonah was like, he, he's probably kicking himself knowing how much value he has for this year, too. Well, yeah, and Joe Panic is was a bust this year. It's yeah. even in OBP league. I mean, he was is hurt and not very good. So believe me, I'm aware of that as a Giants fan. Yeah, and so the Giants are are eleven and ten, uh, entering the the ninth inning with a lead in the in the past since like what September started. I, or maybe that's too much, but they're five hundred basically, and the rest of baseball is like a ninety eight percent winning percentage. I don't know if you follow baseball, but what the Giants are doing, they had the best record at the All Star break. And have been one of the worst teams since, and what and the amount of games they have blown entering the ninth inning with the lead is historic stuff. And it's a three-way tie for that for the two wild card spots, and it's a 
pretty infuriating if you're uh, if you've been following this. I know what was us. We've won three of the last five or six World Series, whatever. But it's been it's been pretty brutal. Yeah, I think they should have scrapped uh, Santiago Casilla for Jairo Garcia. Remember that prospect? I thought he. Oh, was he a reminds lot me a lot of him. He reminds me quite a bit. They of him. look quite a bit alike too. It's really yeah. interesting. Yeah, I've told that joke a few times, but it never gets old. <laughs> never gets old. No. What else never gets old is the joke of like putting some very spicy hot sauce in someone's food when they don't realize it. For instance, I did this to Trevor, my producer. He was over at uh, at my house a couple years ago, and we got wasted. I mean, absolutely wasted. And I started grilling up these sausages, and I said, "You want a hot sauce on?" And he says, "Yeah, yeah. The hotter, the better." And I had this ghost pepper sauce that was fucking hot as hell. And he, he, you know, he was like, how much do I put on this? And I was like, just slather it on. It's no, it's not that hot. He's like, okay, slathers it on. He's drunk, you know, not really very sensitive. Starts eating the crap out of it because it was really good. And all of a sudden, you know, he's just it, absolute misery. And to me, that kind of thing never gets old. Like that is just that I could do that tomorrow. If somebody came over and I would do the same thing all over again. Yeah, that, that's pretty funny. Uh, did he? What did he go after? The water or the milk or what? No, he's just... fine. I mean, he 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 actually could handle it pretty well because, as he said, the hotter the better. So, but it was just it was just funny to see his expression change. I, I don't know, I'm a bit sadistic. The other day, I feel actually really bad about this, but um, Sasha and I were playing hide and seek. Like we play hide and seek sometimes, and it's sure. funny because she'll sure. she'll like I'll hide somewhere and she'll take a while to find me, and then she'll hide in the exact place. That I hid because in her mind, like, oh, that's a good hiding place. I'm going to use that one. Not realizing that part of the game is me not knowing where she is, right? Anyway, I hid in the closet behind the door in, the, in our Berlin apartment. And she took quite a while to walk through a lot of different rooms to find me. And so she was really like, you know, where are you? Where are you? Sticks her head in the closet. So her head is all the way in the closet. And I'm standing right there. And I know, you know, she can't see me. She's not turning to look behind the door. And I was like, boo. Like that, just thinking it was funny, and oh my god, it was terrible. She got the shit scared out of her. I mean, she just had this moment of frozen panic, like she was gonna die, and then started sucking her thumb, like frantically. And I was like, oh my god, I am so sorry. Like, I don't, I don't know, she's four. You can't scare the shit out of a four-year-old. Like, it's just not right. But for whatever reason, I was like, oh, this will be really funny if I just go boo because she's right there. What do you think, man? Do you think so? Well, social sad. services needs to step in here. Uh, I would love to give you a hard time, but sadly, a couple weeks ago, I did the exact same thing. And my daughter's even younger than yours, so I'm even, you know, I deserve even more, uh, you know, flack. He, she uh, took a while to find me, took forever, and I was remained patient. And when she came around the bed, I, I not even too loud, but the same thing, a boo, and she screamed so loud that my <laughs> wife thought she was injured and came running into the room and, and was crying. So. The daughter, not my wife. But, um, yeah, so I did the same thing. Uh, you're, so. a fucking, you're a monster. At three? Yeah, right. I would never do that at three. Not even think about it. You are a three, monster. Three and a half, but, yeah. It, you yes, are I, a fucking I, monster. When she hides in the hide-and-seek, she, had, she hadn't done that lately, but she typically, I would say, where's Chloe? Is she in the closet? And, right. and as she's hiding, she vocally says, no. <laughs> are you in the bathroom? No. So I don't quite think she gets how the game works. Right. They're not, they're not really good at the game, but it is, it is a fun I happen to, I really enjoy that game with them. I think it's just so funny to see how they go about the search. You know, it's just, it's pretty funny. Um, all right, let's go to these games. I know people don't want to hear us talk about our kids. Why don't we start out, go with the overview that, you know, we went two and three last week. I told you I like the Giants who, I knew Ben McAdoo is a fucking idiot, but they got nine yards in attempt. 
the Saints got six, and the Giants dropped the touchdown, which would have covered. Odell Beckham dropped that touchdown. It was just right through his hands. Nobody touched him. They had three turnovers, and they uh, failed on fourth and goal from the two. They kicked a field goal on fourth and one, fourth and goal from the one. I mean, it was just, you know, they were so much better than the Saints. But I did know that McAdoo is stupid and cowardly, and ultimately the combination did us in. But I, I still stand by that pick. I think it was the right pick. I also recommended the Vikings, who covered easily. They won outright. You didn't choose to take that recommendation. My only bad recommendation was the Bears. Okay, well, um, the two that I demanded we use are the Browns and the, and the, the Panthers, and they, um, they both came through. So I was basically 2-0 and in, in mine. Um, and you were skeptical of the Browns line just because you thought it was too good to be true, and it was 20 to nothing immediately in that game. I also really liked the Jets, and our, our proxy used that game as well. So I, we could have gone to Thursday night games, and I even emailed you saying, which one do you prefer, and you didn't get back to me. God knows what you were doing, but I'm frustrated that I didn't go with my own there. I will admit the Vikings won. You were on them, and I was worried. Um, but not only did you back the Giants and Bears, but you suggested the Dolphins as well. So I'm going to give you, you know, it was your, it wasn't your greatest week. Let's just leave it at that. So you need to make yeah. up for it. Right. You need to make I, I I'm only going to go to bat for right as of now. I only feel super strongly about one game for this week. So, you you know, if you feel strongly, you're going to need to make up for us. Okay, that's fine because I've got a couple. I, I, I found this to be a very tough week. I just really – I have a lot of coin flips. And so I, I have a couple games, maybe three games that I kind of like. But don't be a coward. I mean, pick the right ones, you know. If I give you three, don't pick the wrong ones. Yeah, well, when you're picking, you know, three terrible options, it's tough to come up. You know, it's tough <laughs> the to... Giants was good. I mean, I I feel like that was just total garbage. That was really, but again, I did know the coach was terrible. I just didn't realize. I did realize. No, I did realize. Okay. Yeah, I'm upset. I didn't think my. I, I really did think the Jets. That seemed like just a sucker bet because it was so obvious. And I no. guess that game could have gone either way. I guess it could have. But no, man, no, no, I just no. the, the Bills got crazy lucky to even be in the game. I mean, that's was... what. Yeah. 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 They, they were we're not Houston. Oh, we, 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 we'll, actually, let's get to it. Um, okay. So, all right. So, tonight's game. Who, who, do you have a lean one way or the other? No, I hate this game. I took the Pats because home dog Pats defy expectations, and they may give Osweiler a hard time because they tend to do that. But, I mean, you know, they don't have – they may have Gronk, but he may be incredibly limited. Jacoby Brissett, I mean, that's just a, a dude who, you know, probably shouldn't even be in the pros at this point. And – Texans have a pretty good defense and, you know, a decent offense. It's just a, a crazy game, especially on the short week. I just took the pats and the point um, just out of principle, but I don't really I, – I really have no idea on this game. Agreed. I'm glad you, you don't feel strongly because uh, my, my proxy texted me right before we started recording this saying that he's not using tonight's game, but if we wanted to, you know, he would make a special stop. That's a good, that's a good proxy. Very nice. And I can't say that's going to happen every week, but I told him no, because I, I, I was hoping you didn't feel strongly because I certainly don't at all. This is a coin flip. I'm with you. I took New England. Maybe that's just the simple default. They're at home and Bill Belichick and all that. And Osweiler hasn't looked that great. So um, I'm taking the home home team here, but definitely not one that I feel strongly about. Uh, in my home fantasy league, would you consider starting Julian Edelman over Marvin Jones because of the, the possibility he plays some quarterback in this game? The problem is that you know, the reason he's going to be playing quarterback, if he does, is that they may not have a competent quarterback, which really lowers his floor, right? I mean, Edelman usually has a floor of like 5 and 50 just because it's pitch and catch. But if Brissett is like totally 
out of sync and the Texans are giving him problems, there's you know, and Edelman takes over, it's because it's a total disaster. I, I don't know. I, I maybe just because it's not like Marvin Jones is AJ Green, right? I mean it's it's right. not that big right. of a difference anyway, and why not? I don't know. It's fifty fifty. I don't have a strong feel on it. I, right. why not there just gamble? Some... Get get some action on the game and it'd be fun if he plays quarterback. Yeah, there are some some rumblings that he might just have some packages, even if, uh, you right. know, not just taking over for injury because he's, you know, he's taking a few more snaps than usual in practice because he is the number two. But we'll we'll see. Uh, yeah, I am. Um, I'm a degenerate. So I might just gamble on this game because it's the, lo- you know, a standalone game. And I can't I can't. Lord knows I can't watch a game without a bunch of action on it. So I probably will. But um, but I do not feel strongly. All right, move, let's move on. The, the, the way Sundays. you know that you're sort of a – it's all about the action is when you're like me and you can't watch the Thursday, Monday, and Sunday night games because they're too late. So you watch them on Game Rewind, the condensed version, the next morning, uh, and you know the score and you know, like, who scored. So there's, like, nothing in it for you really. And you're just watching to get information to see how everybody looked. And you're trying to fast-forward the condensed version. The condensed version is a 40-minute version of the entire game. Right. And you're like – uh, I got to fast forward through these punts and field goals. Like nobody scores on the fourth. You're fast forwarding through only action because it's too boring for you because there's <laughs> nothing in it for you. Cause you know, the result. Yeah. That's, that's a terrible way to watch game. When you, when you already know the result, that just, there's no fun in that, but um, yeah, right, let's, that's, go, let's, that's, let's, let's move on to these other games. Broncos plus right. three at Cincy. This is one that I actually like. I like the Bengals. I, I think Denver has a great D, but they're on the road. Cincy's D is pretty tough. I think Trevor Simeon is going to get exposed. And the Bengals have enough experience to move the ball and, and not be totally destroyed by the Denver D. Plus, DeMarcus wears out. I'm going to take the Bengals and lay the three. Totally agree. Um, I think the Bengals are a very good team. Uh, they've actually given up some yards per carry that have some ugly numbers against the rush so far. But I think it's a small sample. And D'Angelo Williams is you know, looking good for a 33-year-old. But Denver's offense is very shaky. Uh, Manuel Sanders has been non-existent. Demarius Thomas is banged up. I need to actually open up the – I forget. Normally we re- record this podcast earlier, but the Super Contest lines are actually out. So if this is three and not three and a half, I would um, – I'd be willing to, to use them if you'd like. I think Cincinnati yeah, at I'm, home – I'm using them. I don't, I don't like a lot of games, and this is one of them that I do like. I'm fine with it. Totally fine with it. I like the Bengals here as well. Okay. Raiders plus one and a half at Titans. Um, I really fucking hate the Raiders, and I'm – annoyed with myself for laying the wood against the Falcons. I just hate the Falcons too, but the Raiders are garbage. I mean, Derek Carr is just like, he's a fiery guy. He's all pumped up when they make a comeback, but he's garbage. I don't know why people are, you know, think he's going to be like the next great quarterback. I hate the Titans too. I can't stand this organization or Mike Malarkey, but I think I'm going to take them uh, laying less than the full three at home, but I feel inc- this is a total coin flip for me. All right, so the, of course the Bengals are three and a half. Do you want to still use it? Yeah, it's annoying, but yeah, fine. Okay, all right. Um, I'm with you here. Uh, I, I typically dislike Oakland or a West Coast team having to travel play this 10 a.m. game, but Oakland did win in New Orleans Week One, but the, the Niners did not last week. But um, obviously a little different in op- difference in opponents. But Tennessee um, has a crazy win last week. Um, I, I don't. Oakland's defense was supposedly going to be so much better this season. They've been a total utter disaster. So. I'm with you. I don't feel super strongly about this game, but I'm I'm definitely taking the Titans. I'm I'm really not buying into the Raiders this season. Yeah, they're garbage. All right, uh, this is an interesting one. Cardinals minus four at Bills. I didn't think about this one at all. I just thought, wow, the Cardinals are going to kill the Bills, so I'm going to have to take the Bills because I just felt like it's so obvious. I mean, anybody looking at this game would take the Cardinals, and I think that's why you have to take the Bills if you're going to bet this game. 
Yeah, especially Buffalo, uh, when you consider the two scores they had last week were so fluky. And, and Watkins, you can see him just hobbling around. But they, they do have a, you know extra long break coming off that Thursday night game. And, and basically just, yeah, I don't need to really do any analysis with the players involved here. This just seems like the public would be all over Arizona. And um, I'm with you. I would go ugly, hold my nose, and take the bills. Right. It's just like you either bet with the Sharps or not, right? That's it. Um, okay. Ravens pick them at Jaguars. I didn't find this. I found this to be tough. I thought... Really, this is probably the right line. The Ravens are better it's in Jacksonville. But I, there's a few teams around the league. I think the Cardinals are one. I think the Saints are one. And I think the Ravens are one that are disproportionately good at home. In other words, it's the, you know, the three-point home road thing. But some teams, like you really want to use them at home, and you're not really as psyched to use them on the road. I guess the point is that overall, these teams may be a certain level, and the spread takes that into account. But if you're more volatile home and road, I think you can kind of profit by taking them more at home and fading them on the road. So I took the Jaguars. I think that they'll get it together in the passing game a little bit better. And, and this may be a shootout. I have a 24-20, but I could see it easily being 31-27. Um, yeah, I, I'm taking the Jags as well. Um, I agree with you as far as the home roads. You should – I can't bring it up right now, but uh, you, the home road splits for Joe Flacco are actually underrated. I know everyone has somewhat of that uh, disparity. But Flacco's are, are, have been massive throughout his career. It's not just the defense showing up. It, it's Flacco as well. So uh, give me Jacksonville at home. I think this, this spread is about right. And I, I'm certainly not a believer in the Jags, you know, improving so much this year like many had hoped. Um, but I, I like them to bounce back after getting blown out last week. I, I will take the home, home team here. Okay. I would actually use this one. I'm not, like, huge on it. But, I, you know, we're not huge on a lot. It's, it's one that we obviously right. I'll, yeah. I'll mark it down as a possibility. Okay. Browns plus nine and a half at Dolphins. This is the sucker side, but I'm laying the wood. I mean, the Browns, they lost their top receiver. They've lost their top two quarterbacks. They have a bad defense. They're going on the road. Miami has played pretty decently against two very good teams this year. I don't know. It just seems like this game is likely to get away from them. Yeah, Miami's had two tough road games. They played Seattle tough. Uh, obviously, they came back against New England. Uh, Devontae Parker could be a difference maker. He looks really good, even if he's not 100%, he claims. And I don't really care about the Los Arian Foster, whatever the running backs will do. I think this is set up for that. I would have loved this even more if Cleveland had held on to that upset last week against the Ravens. But, and I hate overrating the quarterback position, but man, who's Cody Kessler? Just considered raw coming out of college, a third-round pick. Um, he does get the whole week to prepare, but I think he should be overwhelmed, especially with no Corey Coleman. This is just a bad spot for Cleveland and, and Miami, I think rolls here and, and, and the super contest is the same. It's nine and a half. It's not the 10 points, which I like. So I'm with you. I'm, I'm picking Miami. We talked about this on the XM show as my survivor team, but apparently a lot of people are as well. So that's the pot odds thing, but that's a whole nother issue. But I would be willing to actually use this if you wanted to as one of our five picks. I think Miami rolls. Yeah, I would use it too. I, I mean, I came to the decision pretty easily. It's weird because, as I said, like it is the sucker play, both in, especially in Survivor, because our brains look at this and we're like, yeah, Dolphins are going to win easily. And we don't see... Well, no, there's just an 81% chance they win. You know, we, we just see yes or no. And the games where, you know, like Green Bay, which is favored by 7.5, we think oh, the Lions could easily win that. And, and, it, and in, in your brain, it's more like 50-50, even though Vegas has it at that one at 77.5 and this one at 80. It's like the same amount based on Vegas. But in your mind, just because you know who the personnel on the Lions is much better, you don't really know who Cody Kessler is, it's impossible to see it. So – I do think it's a little suckerish, but I'm willing it to do funny it. It is funny that 
it is funny that you say that when we're when we're talking about a team that's zero and two that hasn't made the playoffs in years. I mean, it is funny that we're you know considering them the sucker side that should automatically blow them out. I mean, right. we are it's talking nine and a half team. right with an zero and two team, but they they look like a legitimate team. Like you know, Adam Gase seems to have that team playing like a real team, and they went right. into Seattle and it was life and death. I know Seattle didn't play great, but. You know, that is probably the toughest place to play in the NFL. And they go into New England, the other toughest place. I know, of course, they were compromised, too. And they, you know, made a nice comeback against a tough D. It's not like their D is compromised, right? It's yeah, and who's, Cleveland, who's Cleveland's fourth stream? Because Miami keeps hurting quarterbacks. They, they banged up Russell Wilson pretty bad, and they knocked out Garoppolo. Yes. They, uh, who is, yeah, it's Terrell Pryor is their fourth stream. Oh, speaking of, like, Edelman, speaking of uh, fantasy wide receivers who could get a boost if they play QB, there you go. Well, I mean, Pryor became the number one wide receiver for two weeks and the number two QB, I think. Right. <laughs> that's pretty. That's a pretty good guy down. Okay. Yeah. Redskins plus four and a half at Giants. Look, I think the Giants have great personnel. I think this is a playoff team that could go deep based on their players. But I think their coach is like somebody that would be a high school coach. And so this is a big problem. This is exactly what happened against the Saints. And this is the exact same line that they had against the Saints. And i got to take the Redskins. I just think that McAdoo has the better team, but he will coach them into a 50-50, you know, anybody can win on the last drive type of game. And, um, and i got to take the Redskins. It's funny. I thought you were going to once again be a homer and, and really defend your Giants here. But I, I think you got to take the points in this divisional matchup. I know Washington looks like they're probably going to start out 0-3, and people are really down on Kirk Cousins. And he's missed some wide-open receivers, no doubt. He's really struggled in the red zone. But he's also on pace to finish with the most passing yards in NFL history through through two games. And Colt McCoy is absolutely garbage. Give me a break. Um, you got to just love the setup fantasy-wise for Cousins with the team can't run. Defense not great, all these shootouts. So I'm taking the points. Um, man, what I, I, I recommended Rashad Jennings. Um, I guess Beckham and Shepard weren't terrible in that matchup, but they how do they manage not? Because uh, McAdoo does not throw down the field against the Saints' corners and prefers to play a game that's 13-13 with a minute left, okay? He could anytime he wanted. They finally won the game because they threw a bomb to Odell Beckham, which he dropped, which would have covered and was a touchdown. Beckham just dropped it. The next play, they threw a bomb to Victor Cruz, which he caught, and then they sat on the ball and kicked the game-winning field goal. But that was it. I mean, it was there all game, and he didn't do it till the very end, and this is who the guy is. He will ignore Beckham for two quarters if, if the Giants aren't losing. The best thing that can happen if you have Beckham is the Giants are down 14-0, right? right? Because yeah. he, will run, he ran 28 times, and they got like two and a half yards of carry, uh, and, and Shane Vereen fumbled. And they ran 28 times because he's an idiot. You, you could just throw at will against this team. So it's just amazing to me that, that this guy's the head coach. I mean, it's, it's a terrible year for him to take over because this is a very good team. But I'm saying the Redskins cover. Giants win by three. I guess it should have been expected. Just, that's just the way sports work. But it's just funny that the two teams, the Giants and Saints, combined for 101 points uh, last year. And then they meet up, and the Giants scores it's, it's, zero, the Giants, zero offensive touchdowns. No, zero. No, but this is how stupid the Giants are. The Giants' D, I told you, was good. They held the Saints and Drew Brees, who on the road is not that good, to six yards per attempt. They did their job. The Giants' D held the Saints to 10 to 13 points. That's what they did. The Giants should have scored 33 points. They had nine yards in attempt. Okay, Some of it was bad luck with turnovers, but so much of it was 28 runs. Why would you run? Just throw the ball every play. They were getting nine yards in attempt, including that drop by Beckham. And every throw they made, by the way, was short. It was all short passes. They don't, they're not going down the field against the most depleted secondary in the league. So it, it's just whatever. It's the worst coach in the league. I'm, I'm a broken record. I say this shit 
on the radio show. I say it in my columns. I say it on this podcast. It, it's really dispiriting that, that Ben McAdoo is our coach, that someone that dumb is our coach. I kind of like Beckham as a contrarian DFS play this week, coming off a very disappointing effort in the best matchup, actually off to a slow. So I think it's the first time in his career that he's gone back-to-back games without either 100 yards or a touchdown. Yeah, it's, and, it's and, disgusting. And all the news right now is Josh Norman is going to shadow him. So I think people would, would mostly try to fade him because he's going to be expensive. So he'd be an interesting contrarian play in tournaments because I bet he's not not owned that, that as high as usual. He lit up Norman last time they played last year. He had like eight for 80 or something, but he dropped an 80-yard touchdown. It would have been like you know nine for 160 and a touchdown. I right. think he actually caught another touchdown too later in the game. So he 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 had his way with Norman the prior game. Um, he also speared him with his helmet, which was nice. Um, so he, he really did everything. And I think I probably – I'm a little nervous that McAdoo's going to throw him the ball, though. The only way – he gets heavily involved as if the Redskins get up 14-0, which could happen, but I'm not, I'm not predicting it because Giants D is good. All right, let's move on from this game. Lions plus 7.5 at Packers. Um, I just, you know, the Packers are much better at home. They're another one of those teams that's disproportionately good at home. And maybe they get it together. But I've been saying this shit since, like, week, you know, five of last year. I remember around week 10, I was like, fuck it. I'm not ever taking the Packers on the – premise that they're going to get it together you know they need to get it together first and then only then will i start to you know treat them like they were in 2014 i'm taking the points oh i totally am as well i mean it's easy green bay maybe they they write the ship because this is their first home game of the season but it's 12 game at the last 12 games aaron Rodgers has reached 7.0 ypa once i'm saying 7.0 not 7.5 he's reached 7.0 once in the last 12 games i mean there is something wrong. Everyone blamed the injuries last year, but Randall Cobb's, you know, supposedly healthy, and, and Jordy Nelson, even if he's not totally back, he's back, and I don't know what to make of it. You were right last week against Vikings. There's something fundamentally wrong with this offense. They're lucky they recovered three fumbles on the offensive side, the Packers did, and um, I think Detroit's good, even though they blew that game last week. I think they could, should definitely keep this close. Actually, I, you can talk me into using this one. Actually, it's seven and a half is the line, not seven, yeah. so you can talk me All into right, the let's line. Let's use it. Let's use it. You know, it's right. funny because the Vegas odds and the uh, percentage owned recommends the Packers and Survivor, and I can't pull the trigger. They're just – I just don't trust them. Again, they may be good, uh, but they have to show it. There's a really good article in The Ringer, the new Bill Simmons site, saying what's wrong with Rodgers. And it goes into a lot of depth, and one of the things is that these guys just can't get open, these receivers right now. And a lot of teams like the Patriots scheme to get receivers open. They have these, like, pick plays that are legal where you stack a lot of guys together and the defenders get kind of caught in the traffic. They don't do that. Everybody has to get open on their own. And the Packers used to have four receivers. You know, when they had Driver and Jennings and Jordy was young and and Cobb was a rookie, they could all get open. And Rodgers could just kind of go through the progressions and and hit the guy who was open. And now they're not getting open, and Rodgers is relying on these, like, Sandlot amazing plays, which he can still do because he's such a ridiculous talent. But his fundamentals are totally screwed up because he's, like, looking to do that right away. He's not, you know, sitting in the pocket and going through progressions like most, you know, all-world quarterbacks do. So it's thrown the whole thing off. And so we'll see if they make some kind of adjustment. But they got to make the adjustment first. And I have no faith in the intelligence of Mike McCarthy. Absolutely none. And I know maybe Jeff Janice is dealing with a hand injury, but he's been active enough. You know, he's been healthy enough to be active to help in special teams. But I know he's become just, you know, a, a darling for the, the metrics world. But why not give him a chance? <laughs> I mean, I mean I, I've is- seen enough of Devontae Adams. I mean, I, I don't I mean, just let's see. Let's see what Jeff Janice can do. If, if that's the case, if it's not 
the problem with him running routes, well, well, if they need to do it on their own, there's a physically talented guy who who certainly seems more gifted than maybe any of their other options. Yeah, but, I mean, think about McCarthy, how he dicked around Lacey last year, said he was fat. Lacey got 4.1 yards per carry last year. He wasn't that bad. His yards per catch were good. For some reason, he was totally unplayable, and you needed to put in the carcass of James Starks. Already, Starks and Lacey are splitting carries in week two. McCarthy is just a stubborn dickhead, and he's dumb. So, I, you know, I'm not counting on him adapting at all. Right. I, I think right. he just got very lucky that he happened to catch one of the greatest NFL players of all time at his peak while he was coaching, and he won a Super Bowl, and this guy's gotten tenure uh, that's totally undeserved. Well, yeah, no, it's crazy that Rodgers hasn't been to more Super Bowls, and, and now all of a sudden it's we're already to the decline phase. So it is a job. Super worried about Eddie Lacy fantasy wise. By the way, if you used a third round pick on him, I, I don't know, man. I, I I think he could be just a total bust yet again. Yep, that was the one worry was that McCarthy ditched him so early, and he, he may do it again. All right, let's move on. Vikings plus seven at Panthers. I kind of went back and forth on this. I think the Panthers are pretty good, and I'm a little worried about Matt Khalil being out because. It's a pretty good front seven. They'll get pressure, and Bradford's totally immobile. But I don't care about the Adrian Peterson injury at all. He wasn't doing anything. The D is ridiculous. And, I, you know, Stephon Diggs, I think, is legit and will make some plays against a weaker Packer, a Panther secondary. I, I took the points here. Yeah, um, I, I'm with you. I don't want, like to use this game whatsoever. I think the Panthers are absolutely legit, even if their defense takes a small took a small step back. Uh, Minnesota, I always fa- I've been fading. I've faded their over under before the season, each of the first two weeks against the spread. But they're a good football team, really solidly coached, really good game plans. Um, Diggs looks like an emerging absolute star, really good defense, special teams, and all that stuff. So um, I, I'm going to take the points here in a game that I expect to be fairly close. And, and man, Bradford, you brought it up that he was pretty good in the second half last year. And I thought maybe that was the coaching, but, but wow, he, he looked really good. Just one game, but man, right away he looked good. And, um, I, I put Adrian Peterson as my bust of the year in every column I could and stuff, but I, I really don't know what to make of that. I'm not gloating, but I, I mean, was it the age or could that have happened to him in his prime? I have no idea, but it sucks for him to end his career. And it looks like it's probably the way he's going to go out. So that, that sucks for him. Well, I mean, he'll probably get a chance somewhere next year, but it's obviously 32 coming off that injury. won't be, won't be good. Uh, I, you probably saw this on Twitter, but I had a bet with Peter Shanky uh, in PPR. I got Keenan Allen. He got Adrian Peterson. And Keenan <laughs> Allen's up 12-6 right now. Wow. That is funny. Easy that... money, dude. It was easy money. Yeah. Next game, um, 49ers plus 9.5 at Seahawks. Jeff Erickson disagreed with me on this, but I think this is where you lay the wood. I just think that Seattle's going to crush them. And I know they've got some issues, but the Niners going into that place and that defense is going to get ugly could totally see it i took the points in our staff picks uh but i didn't feel strongly at all i would not be shocked by a a total blowout because people are kind of down on seattle after two lackluster games but they totally could get it right at at home and the niners have to travel there and it's it's a tough place to play obviously blaine gabbard is just so inaccurate um so i could see that i don't i don't like this game either way I, i also think this line well i don't know it seemed kind of big to me, this line, for how Seattle is banged up and how they're playing. And so I always liked, I like when the line's bigger than you might think, right? When it's, it's not like that big, but nine and a half just seemed like the Niners blew out the Rams and they kind of hung with Carolina for a while. This line seemed kind of big. I like it when, when it's like, oh, they're an even bigger favorite than you think. You know, to me, that's always um, a good sign to take the favorite. All right. Uh, Rams plus five at Bucks. You said this is your best bet. Um, I'm, I took the Bucs. I, I have them winning 27-17. I think that 
as you said, it's the Bucks are uh, their their strength is run defense, and the Rams obviously that's all they do is run. That's all they would theoretically be good at. They haven't even been good at that, um, and so it just puts pressure on Keenum to throw, and that's not a good situation. You know, with Winston, I think Winston and Evans should have their way compared to Case Keenum going against the Bucks past D. So I laid the wood, but and I'm assuming you did the same. Yeah, we're, I'm going to go to bat for this is the one game that we're going to use in Super Contest that I'm totally going to bat for. I'm glad you at least agree with the side, if not as, as strongly as I do. But I would have guessed the the line, this one, over like seven and a half or something. I would have said it was above the touchdown marker. It actually only opened up at three and a half. I just like, you know, selling high on the Rams, coming off that upset victory and buying low on the Bucks, who looked horrendous last week. And it's they're the home team, and I'm just not a big believer, obviously, in this Los Angeles offense. And, and as you said, the strength of the Bucks D is, is against the run, and I just can't see Keenum lighting it up through the air. And I, I do still believe in Winston. I know that it was a crazy bad game last week, but I could see him having a big game here, and I, I expect this to be a double-digit comfortable win by Tampa. Okay, so we'll use that one. And then uh, Steelers minus 3.5 in the Eagles. Who do you have here? Oh, I hated this game, actually. Um, I, I took the home dog. Pittsburgh's really impressed. Um, they, their defense looks pretty good, and it's tough to argue with how they played. But but Philly looks like – I kind of thought that they were going to be a 4-12 and 12 type team entering the year, but that was with me thinking the quarterback situation would be shaky. And Wentz has proved to be plenty competent. The defense is better than I expected. So I took the home dog. Yeah, I took the Steelers. I just think they're better. It's not a huge line, and – I think the Eagles have had some easy matchups to start the season, and this will be a lot tougher. And I just don't think they'll be able to keep up with the Steelers. I think the Steelers are going to score too many points. And Wentz, who did really pass the eye test and look good, uh, will have a lot more trouble. It's possible. I don't, I don't like this one at all. Okay. Jets plus three at Chiefs. I, this is a coin flip to me completely, but I just took KC at home. I just think Fitzpatrick had a good game last week. I think the Chiefs are going to harass him and uh, force him into some mistakes. Uh, I totally agree. If I had to predict this game, I would say Chiefs win by a field goal. So the the line is exactly right. If it was three and a half, I might lean the other way. But I, I took the home team. I took a lot of home teams this week. But the Chiefs coming off a game in which they looked bad, I, I feel like maybe a lot of people will will back the Jets in this one. But um, the Chiefs, they get right. They look a lot better. And, and they win this game by, I don't know, maybe four points. Yeah, three and a half they win by. Okay. Right. <laughs> uh, Chargers plus three at the Colts. Um, this, to me, was another coin flip. I, I don't know. I I just felt the Chargers won 35 to, was it nothing, or 35-7. They just killed the Jaguars. I think it's a good sell high. Uh, the Colts got dominated by Denver, but Denver at home is just really tough defensively. Yeah, the Chargers actually gave up two garbage touchdowns last week. I know this well because they were my sneaky DFS play that were really cheap, and I and I liked the, the matchup. I didn't expect that big of a blowout, but once again, Blaine Gabbert, quells the fears that he will not be a garbage time all-star by scoring twice again last you said last you said week. blaine gabbert but i think you mean blake I, I think i've done that before yeah I, sorry my, well, my it's, it's easy to or, it's easy to conflate the two they're both kind of scrubby early round jacksonville jaguars draft picks portals at least had you know a 35 touchdown season but yeah i should probably know that considering the gabbert starts for my favorite team right. but um anyway right. blaine, i think i've just put that deep and i have not come to grips with it that uh gabbert is continuing to start over kaepernick but anyway blake portals uh is the garbage time guy i meant 
And um, I kind of maybe I'm overrating just one week um, and, it, and it will ultimately hurt them. The loss of, of Allen and, and Woodhead. But Terrell Williams looked really good. He's six, yeah. four runs of four, four, three, 40. And, yeah. and Travis Benjamin, I mean, he put up pretty. I think he got like seven point five yards per target last year with terrible quarterbacks throwing to him in Cleveland. I think he could be interesting. So uh, who are the who are the Colts? Why? I mean, what? what they're terrible. I, I'm not buying them at all. So I think the Chargers could easily, easily win this game outright. So I'll take the points. Yeah, they're, the Colts' D is total garbage. The Colts' running game is garbage. It's just luck kind of making plays, slinging around back there. It Boy, I was wrong about Melvin Gordon, man. I have him ranked at the top three running back this week, and I own zero shares of him in 14 leagues. I only have one share, and it's because Trevor drafted him against my wishes in the eighth round in the uh, the eighth round or in this, like, fan tracks league we're doing. So actually bitched at him about it because he's made so many mistakes drafting on my behalf. But that was one that actually is going to work out, it looks like. We'll see what happens. I mean, the, the thing is, Rivers should be able to move the ball against the shitty defense no matter what. And I really like Terrell Williams, too. I think he's – I picked him up in the Stopa League. I think he's got tons of upside. If Gates is out especially, then it's really like just two guys that they have. We'll see if, like, right. Dexter McCluster gets some targets or whatever. All right, so we're split on that. I didn't feel strongly anyway. I, you're probably right about the Chargers. I just I just took it. It's just a, a, a gut feeling. Who, who would you take? I'm curious. I've been debating this, uh, looking at DFS. The, the prices are, are fairly similar. Some sites have them reversed. Who would you, have, uh, if you had to choose between in this game, who would have a bigger game, uh, Terrell Williams or Philip Dorsett? I think Dorsett's going to get guarded by Verrett, right? Because Hilton, Hilton goes to the slot. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, I would go with Terrell Williams. Interesting. Okay. I've been debating that. I've been going back and forth. All right. Okay. All right, so Sunday night game, we got Bears plus seven and Cowboys. Man, I, I did this last week and it bit me, but I'm just going to do it again. I'm taking the Bears. It's sort of the ugly, shitty team that nobody wants. But Hoyer's not that bad. He actually had a decent year last year. They've got some weapons. Their D kind of sucks, but the Cowboys don't really throw down the field very much. So I'm going to take the Bears and the points, but not feel strongly about this at all. I took the Cowboys and don't feel strongly at all either. I feel like that might be the sucker side. The Bears, everyone just saw them look terrible, and now they have a backup quarterback. But in reality, Hoyer probably isn't worth you know more than a point or so. And they do have to travel on a short week, but Dallas's defense is, is, is solid, and the Bears, on the other hand, are just devastated by injuries. So I, I laid the points, but I do not feel that strongly at all. I, I could see the Bears keeping this competitive. Yeah, I mostly took the points out of principle. I, I really see Dallas killing them, but it's just one of those where it was like, really? Like, who who could be taking the Bears except me, except, you know, Sharps? Like, who's who's holding this at seven? Why isn't this nine and a half? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, it opened at four, and it's jumped all the way up to seven, and I think the super contest is at seven and a half. So, so yeah, a lot of, a lot of money is on Dallas. Right. All right, and then the Falcons plus three at the Saints. I just went Saints home, sell the Falcons off that road win at overrated Raiders. Falcons are worse on the road, but I don't feel strongly. I think these are basically equal teams. Yeah, 54, 53 and a half over under. The three points, you know, seemingly means less. I'm with you, but I feel like this line is just basically exactly what it should be. But I, I, I took the, the Saints at home in prime time. I could see them lighten it up. Okay, so who are we taking? Who are our five? We're taking the Bengals for sure. We're taking yep. the Jaguars, maybe. We are we, ta- we're taking the Dolphins. That's three. We're taking the Lions. That's four. And then we're taking the Bucks. Is that it? Yeah, so the, the, the four I wrote down, so the only one was the Jags. I, I wrote with a question mark. Do you want to use them? I'm, I'm cool with it. Or would you rather use the the Redskins or would you rather use the Vikings? Oh, the, I could uh, – that's 
I'm fine with all three. I actually, you're not talking me out of, of any of my actual picks and staff picks for once. So, I mean, that's, that's nice. So I, do you, do you feel strongly? I mean, I, I, again, all three of those, I picked the team, so I, I didn't feel strongly. Yeah. I mean, the Vikings seem like a good, like a, a team with an excellent defense getting seven is usually pretty good, but you know, it is on the road and, and I feel less strong about that one. I'll take away that okay. one. Okay. So Washington or, um, or the Jags. Up to you, man. I, I can't really pick again. I can't really root hard against the Giants, so you're gonna have to pick that one if you really want it. You can have it, but I wouldn't pick that one. For so then I guess for, bi- for reasons of bias, though, not reasons of you know right. of it being a bad pick. So if you want it, you can have it, but I can't. You can root against Matt. I mean, you'll be happy if they cover. I guess Matt could do a divisional game. I don't know. I think Washington's kind of due to keep that close. It's even four and a half, right? It's not even the four, four. and a half. And I mean, McAdoo does the cowardly thing. You know, he's not he's not looking to get way ahead and crush. He will if there's turnovers and stuff, but you know, he, he's going to just make sure I mean, he's just he's just a coward. I mean, he's a total coward. Let's go Washington. Let's do it. All right, you do it. I I don't want to think about it. All right. Okay. All right. Done and done. All right. We got our 5 and um feeling pretty good. You know, a 2 and 3 is 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 so much better than the 1 and 4s. You know, it would have been nice to go 3 and 2 start out the 60%, but we, we're, we're not out of this yet. No, no, no. We're, we're, I'm taking it seriously still. You know, I'm still All taking right. it seriously. Okay, so real quick, I've got a couple of political things to say. I made another Medium post, and, and, and I want to see what you think about this. But I said, if you really think Donald Trump is game over, as a lot of people are writing articles, like, no, you cannot let him be elected. You know, if you're a Bernie supporter, I get it. You have your principles. You, you wanted a pony, and you can't get it. But sorry, this is civilization ender. You need to suck it up and vote for Hillary, right? That's their argument. Donald Trump is so bad that regardless of your beef or it was unfair in the primary, you need to come to Jesus and vote vote Hillary. That's their argument. She is struggling so much in the polls right now that Nate Silver has Trump as a 44% chance to win. And if he's a 44% chance to win, if game over is 44%, that is fucked up. Obviously, plan A is get people to vote for Hillary and avoid game over. But if the electorate is just not convinced because she's so scandal-ridden and untrustworthy and uncharismatic, well, then what's plan B, right? I mean, plan A, of course, is to, to bully the Bernie people and say, you guys stop being babies. you got to do this. Save the world. But if they won't go along and the polls are showing that they are not going along, what is plan B? If, if it's really game over as you believe, how dare you keep running if you're – got a 45% chance of losing if Bernie's polling way better as he always was against Trump. Yeah, I'm, I'm personally uh, looking forward to the debates. I'm actually going to watch these. Uh, I, I mean, not <laughs> nearly as emotionally uh, invested in this, uh, especially with Bernie out uh, as you are. And um, I like to see you still remain intense. Um, but um, so what, what do you see happening? I well, mean, no, what, no, no. What... I asked you a question. Do you agree with that logic that if – if somebody thinks, and many very you know knowledgeable people think this, that Trump yeah. equals civilization over, you know, like right. that dangerous, yeah. that that's their sort of, that's what they're wielding against the Bernie supporters. Like you have to do this because it's civilization over. No, no, no. I, I'm with you. I've, do, I've do, been. With do you, you not agree that if you have that belief and the Bernie people are not moving and enough independents are not moving toward her, they don't agree with that. That right. you, as the person who has that belief, have to go to Plan B. Right? Plan A is not working. Plan A is she needs to be a 90-10 favorite minimum. The fact that she's almost 50-50. I mean, if you really think he's that civilization-ending game, game changer, if plan A, which has convinced people to vote for her, is just plainly not working, 
don't you have to get on your knees and beg her to drop out? Because you think that the alternative would have a better chance of beating him? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, because she's not getting it done. So it's like, you're, you know, it's the Super Bowl and your quarterback is, is shitting the bed. I mean, you've got to get another quarterback in. Well, yes, but maybe their thinking is the plan B has an even lesser chance of beating him. Well, they would probably right? justify it to themselves that way. But let's just say for the sake of argument that a poll came out that Bernie would you know, have a way better chance. Plus 15% well, EV. Plus 15%. Yes. Then, of course, of course, they should that, that what you're saying, beg her to, to to drop out. Of course, that that should be the case. And we're getting into dire territory right now. Right. We're getting into territory where Armageddon is 50 50. <laughs> That's not good. Now, I don't believe that. I happen to think it would be very bad if you were elected. I don't think it's that much worse than Hillary Clinton being elected. I just think they're both very bad. And Trump may be slightly worse in a lot of ways, certainly slightly worse in a lot of ways, not as bad in some other ways. Did you hear about this hole in one controversy? About him and oh, his charity. He didn't. What he didn't pay when he didn't pay when he got a hole in one or what? Yeah, it was. They had some tournament, and you, you get a, a million dollars if you get a hole in one, and someone did. But there, in the fine print, it said that it must be from at least 150 yards out, and the pin and and, and the box key box was set up in which it was shorter than 150 yards, so no one could actually win the the uh, tournament based on the the, the bylaws, and um, so then he was sued. And when it was all said and done, his own charity wrote a check for like you know a couple hundred grand or something less than less than the million, and his and his charity paid here's, up. Here's the problem: is that there's no doubt that he's a total scumbag, and all this stuff is true. But all these revelations that come out, and there's like one after another, like the whole Trump University is totally scummy, and it's all true. I'm sure 99% of it's true, but it doesn't matter in people's minds because Trump is the fuck you candidate. He's the he's sure. the middle finger to the establishment. He's the fuck you to all these fake dickheads who got us into these wars, wrecked our economy, have completely let income inequality get out of control, have left behind a huge swath of people who have zero opportunities now. Our schools are in shambles. Our infrastructure is crumbling. These are the people that were in charge. And Trump's candidacy is a big middle finger to those people. Now, he's not going to fix any of that shit. But so all this bad stuff about Trump doesn't touch him because nobody cares. They're not. He's not even purporting to be the good guy. Maybe he is personally, but nobody thinks of him that way. Hillary Clinton purports to be serious. You know, I'm a serious person with policy ideas. I'm compassionate. I care. You know what I mean? That's the problem. So when she gets busted for stuff, when she's for fracking, says obviously she's not for the environment, when she's for the TPP or Bill Clinton hints that she's going to be for it, even though she pretended she was against it in the primary, Everybody gets on her because she's supposed to have principles. She's pretending like she's a principled person. So it's like everything sticks to her and doesn't stick to him because he's not the adult in the room. He is a clown. I don't think most people think Trump is like a serious person. And so it's like he has the advantage of nobody really cares. They're like, yeah. But in one real way, it's legit because like if you're a scumbag businessman, that's bad. But if you're a secretary of state and you're, you're taking donations for access that's criminal. That's actually using the government for personal gain. So there's, it's a different level of culpability when you're a government public servant doing dirty stuff versus a private scumbag businessman. So I think well, it absolutely in a way helps him. No, yeah, it lowers expectations and right. um, the bar in which needs to be cleared is, is so much lower. And, yeah, this, it's perception totally. Yeah, I mean I just think like if the polls drop more and, and, and let's say like she makes a gaffe in the debate and whatever, people who are so scared of Trump need to say, whoa, like – Plan B, like, what do we do? Like, she, she's too dangerous. She's not going to make it. Realistically, any 
normal Democrat, whether it was Bernie, who's not even a normal Democrat, or Biden, who, whatever, he'd be like term three of Obama, or Elizabeth Warren, or whoever, would have destroyed Trump. This is the only person who could lose to him. And it's amazing that they rigged the game in favor of that person because the people in charge had a lot to gain. They had their jobs and their careers and everything else. And for that reason, they were willing to risk. Obviously, they told themselves it was the least risk. They, they, you know, they justified it to themselves that, that she was the strongest candidate. But we're seeing now the folly of their ways. Well, part of you must be rooting for that to happen then. There's a part of me that is rooting for the total devastation of, of, of that. But of course, if the consequences, I don't, again, I don't think I would never root, <laughs> root for the end of civilization just to be like, you see you dickheads, you're wrong. But what I, but I, I don't think it comes to that in some ways, Hillary's a greater evil in terms of foreign policy. She's basically Bush. Uh, and then in domestic policy, she's basically Obama. So it's like Trump's way worse on domestic Hillary's way worse on foreign. And you know, there's different consequences to that. There's also different effects and counter effects, and it's impossible to know all that. I just won't vote for either because I, I dislike them both so much. And I can only know what, what's, who I respect and believe in principle. I can't know all the consequences. I can't game it all out. Nobody can. I think we're being really ridiculous to think we know all the effects and counter effects of, of one of these people being elected. But at the same time, I'm not, I'm not sure that those people are wrong who think Trump is a game changer. I mean, he might be. You know, I mean, I could be totally wrong about that, being too cavalier about him just being – bad in his own way maybe he is horrifically bad and, and it's totally possible yeah but at the same time you can only do so much right i mean there's so many checks and balances Ho hopefully it would never there are become. but obama has made some really dangerous moves like he's assassinated people in other countries without trial some of them were american citizens like oh well obama's a good guy he, he knows who's good and bad well maybe but okay now trump's going to be able to assassinate people with drones you, you think there are checks and balances but the presidents before him have done some crazy-ass shit without any sort of oversight. It's a very dangerous precedent. All right. Fair uh, enough. We're that, done here. On that, on that note. Here. On that bright note. All right, man. Well, good luck. Let's, you know, forget about all this presidential bullshit. I mean, who cares if the world ends? We, we need to go 5-0 and this week. Let's, let's keep it in perspective. Yeah, exactly. There are far more important things like our super contest picks. So let's go super volcanoes. Super volcanoes. That's right. And when the super volcano comes, all this shit will be moot anyway. Exactly. Exactly. All right, all right man. Good okay. times, Liz. Take it easy. This podcast, except for the political part, is sponsored by FanDuel.com. You can go to FanDuel.com, click on the mic in the upper right-hand corner, use my code RWPOD, sign up now. Special offer for new users. Get a free six-month RotoWire subscription, the $25 deposit. You must sign up with my promo code RWPOD. It's more than $60 in value for just $25. Don't forget to use my code RWPOD. FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Sign up today.